Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is episode 7 of Fantasy Football Fridays on season 3 of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. For those of you all who are new to the show, welcome. For those of you all who are return listeners, welcome back. Um, Basically, just give you an overview of what we do here on uh, Fantasy Football Fridays. I give you an overview of the rankings. I usually do each position of uh, relevance for the fantasy football uh, format. That's quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defense special teams. I do not do kickers. And flex is a designation that can be utilized in different ways, so I don't rank flexes either. Um, I do 15 quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 25 wide receivers, 10 tight ends, and 10 defense special teams. But then there's some episodes that I like to do that are a little different. And one of the the episodes that's a little different is this one. So what I'll be doing is just kind of going over the top 15 quarterbacks as they were for the season so far through the first seven weeks of the season. The top 20 running backs, the top 25 uh, wide receivers, etc. And the reason I'm doing that is just to kind of give you guidance on them. If you have them, also know if they've had their bye week or whatnot. Just little things like that. So that's what I'll be doing on this show. And the guidance is going to be helpful because you're not at the trade deadline. That's in the real NFL. It's coming up uh, pretty soon. But you're at a point in your season going into week eight where you're going to need to know, do I try to pull the trigger on trades because I have a great record and I'm looking to upgrade or I don't have a great record and I need to get someone in immediately? Things like that. That'll be happening. Okay. So and this is a. A week to consider it, given the fact that it is the full slate and complement of games here in the upcoming week eight of the NFL season. Got it? Get it? Good. For the first, uh, for the best football related content uh, for me, you want to follow me on Twitter. That's at CJ Florida nine. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out in the number nine. That's on Twitter slash X. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into this. We're going to do the quarterbacks. So. I've said this when I've done my preseason rankings and then when I do my weekly rankings, I kind of try to reiterate it. When you do preseason rankings, it's an expectation of where someone's going to end up for the entirety of the season. Some people are more consistent than others, and you should take that into account. So you'll see things happen like a person will see uh, Brock Osweiler have, uh, I think he had like a four touchdown game or something crazy and was like quarterback one one week. Uh, for the Dolphins. Like, well, why didn't you rank Brock Osweiler? Blah, blah, blah. Man, who the hell? No. Okay. But for the season, that guy was, wasn't even in the top 45. Um, same type of thing. Gardner Minshew just went off this past week in a tough matchup. These types of things happen. You try to find the ones that are nuggets and call them sleepers and, and insert them in or even rank them higher. But some of those are going to happen. What the rankings for the season long do is it ranks where you think they're going to end by season's end. Okay, got it, get it, good. And because of that, you got some of the usual suspects up at the top. (laughs) You know, even though some of them haven't had the greatest games. Number one is Josh Allen. Uh, He still has his bye to come. And you're not moving off of Josh Allen. Obviously, you would love to to acquire him. And he's a good target because some people may be a little antsy with him and what he's been doing and the fact that he hasn't been having great games. This guy is consistently on a weekly basis in the top 10, um, if not the top five 
when the week is over. So if you have them, don't move off of them. If you can go acquire them and someone is panicking, go for them. Uh, Jalen Hurts is number two. You, you can't really do much there. No one's going to move off of him. You're not going to be able to acquire him. And there's nothing that stands out. Like he's not having a bad stretch right now or anything like that. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Uh, <laughs> we've said it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who, if you can get him, uh, that's great. You'll probably be trading a Josh Allen for Patrick Mahomes. But that's just a one-to-one exchange. Lamar Jackson at four. Justin Herbert at five. Now, he's the only one who's had his bye week out of the top five so far. So him having that average, I think he was able to get a little healthy. They did have some adjustments to his team that occurred with Mike Williams getting hurt. He hasn't looked as explosive in the passing game since he got hurt himself as he's missed some open targets. But I think that that probably helps you acquire a guy like Justin Herbert who should do well down the down the stretch. Uh, number six is Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he's going to be up and down for you during the year. Uh, just know that he is probably a great target for you to trade to do some to get one of the following guys. Uh, seven and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to put up better numbers. He just will. That's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, I'm including the people who are injured. I'll just note it. So number eight on a points per game basis is Anthony Richardson, but he's out for the season. Number nine is Jared Goff. Number 10 is Justin Fields. Number 11 is... Jordan Love. You're in limbo right now with Jordan Love. He came out like gangbusters early in the season and also used his legs, but he's fallen off the, the, the map so far. Number 12 is C.J. Stroud. Again, you're kind of sitting pat with C.J. Stroud unless you're able to do something and, and make a move uh, with someone who's ranked higher. Actually, C.J. Stroud and Tua Tagovailoa are two great people to use to try to target a guy like Joe Burrow. Uh, just knowing that Joe Burrow has gotten to pass his, pass his bye week. But also, he hasn't been great so far this year. So a guy like CJ Stroud, you might be able to utilize with another piece to get Joe Burrow, who I think will be great down the stretch. Number 13 is Brock Purdy. It's not the best time to do it, but I was actually telling people beforehand, move off Brock Purdy. Utilize the fact that he's playing top 10 caliber, QB1 caliber football to go and acquire someone who's going to have better numbers on a consistent basis. Number 14 is Russell Wilson. You're staying pat with him, but Russell Wilson's a great quarterback to have in your back pocket, specifically for those off weeks or when one of the bigger-name quarterbacks who aren't Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, and Jackson are playing a tough matchup. And then number 15, Sam Howell. Sam Howell had a stinker last week. It just seems to happen against uh, for the Giants against that team. The Giants just get the job done against the Commanders. I have no clue why. They have a winning record against them and against the rest of the league. They have a losing record. Sam Howell was the uh, unfortunate person in this particular scenario to have to put up with it. And he ends up being the the guy who kind of gets, I don't want to say scapegoated, but ends up being uh, seen a certain way. Now, there's some notable names that are not in there. You have the likes of a guy like Trevor Lawrence who played well against the Saints, but Trevor Lawrence doesn't look good. Just period. That offense doesn't look complete. I thought they were going to try to, you know, make him have a Carson Wentz-like season. It's year three for him. It's really the step up and get the job done year. And while he is a good quarterback in real life, he is a mediocre to terrible quarterback in fantasy so far for you. Uh, If you're able to snag him for a piece, uh, whether it's, let's say, trading like a Josh Dobbs in the short run or something like that, you want to go do that. That's another guy that maybe trading a Brock Purdy for 
uh, would be good. I would not trade CJ Stroud for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I might consider it for a Russell Wilson trading for Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know how many people would do that one. All right. Now looking at the PPR scoring for uh, running backs. The number one running back is currently on IR, and I actually think that he is a good person to move off of once he gets back. Reason being, is Devon Aching. Reason being, I think that you can get a pretty good player for him who's going to get the requisite volume. Okay? One of the things you want, especially in a PPR format, is volume. He's been averaging like 12 yards a carry. And though he has that huge level of talent, some of some of it's come against some of the worst defenses in the NFL. And I don't think he's going to be able to sustain that. Not the 12 yards per carry. I mean, the game breaking ability. You're not going to be able to sustain big numbers if you're not getting enough touches. If you're getting 12 touches in a game or nine touches. Can't expect to keep having these massive games. So when he's eligible to return before he hits the field at all, try to move him off. And who are the trade targets? I think that Travis Etienne is a great trade target for him. I think Saquon Barkley might even be something that someone might be willing to do if possible. My favorite is Brees Hall. If someone's able to give you or willing to give up Brees Hall, uh, please go get him and acquire him. You have Christian McCaffrey. No one's, you're not doing anything with that. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is another sneaky one where I honestly would look to move off Alvin Kamara if possible. Uh, because I think you can get a Brees Hall in a piece for what Kamara is doing from a production standpoint. Really, really expect the Saints to change their approach with how they're handling this. Right now, it's a lot of Derek Carr checkdowns for no reason. And to be honest, Carr isn't old enough and immobile enough to be checking down this quickly. I think he's getting frustrated in the offense and it's causing him to do this for Kamara right now. It's not going to be built in for him to have 12 doggone receptions every game like he's been doing uh, since he's gotten back. Raheem Mostert, there's not much you can do with Mostert. He's the one you want to keep, not because he's better than Devon A-Chain, but they're going to give him more volume. And in a, running, in a running back room, you want the guy who has the most volume, one. And then number two, you want the guy who has uh, explosive ability. He has explosive ability. It's just he's one of like nine people on this team who can run a 10 uh, sub, sub 10 500 uh, we just discussed Travis Etienne he's up next Etienne is trending in the right direction he's actually the beneficiary of what Trevor Lawrence is not being able to produce uh, on offense Kyron Williams Kyron Williams is an interesting case here because even when he gets back I don't expect much from Kyron Williams he would actually for me be an excellent trade uh, bait situation for you what you want to do is right when he's eligible to return Trey Kyron Williams. You want to trade him for the Kenneth Walkers of the world, uh, for the Jonathan Taylors of the world. Um, even a DeAndre Swift would be on the low end of what I would trade Kyron Williams for. It's because, yeah, he got that great volume. He did it against uh, the Cardinals when he got hurt. The Cardinals are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. He's not getting the checkdowns anymore in PPR formats. Uh, in a non-PPR format, you can hold on to him. Uh, there's not many people who are going to have the, the the touches like he's going to have. But in some of these games, they're going to try to feed Cooper Cup. They're going to continue to let Matt Stafford throw the ball around the yard. And so he won't get enough of the touches that really matter for him. Zach Moss. There's not really anything you can do with Zach Moss except use him as a bi-week fill-in for some folks and a flex uh, 
guy because I don't think that they're moving off of this. It's kind of like the Saints used to do with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara where both were RB2s in the scenario or even in a different version in a different way, but kind of what Tony Pollard Zeke looked like uh, two years ago. It's just a situation where you got to actually ask yourself, why would you take a guy off the field who's being productive, even if for even if it's for someone who is ultimately more talented? You give them both carries because you no longer have Anthony Richardson. You have Gardner Minshew. So I think he's still going to get run. Kenneth Walker III, working really well. I would still keep Zach Charbonnet as that, that guy just in case something happens. But they're showing you we want to have a person as our main major bell cow running back. We're going to run him. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he's going to be effective as long as he's able to stay healthy, which he's done a fair job of this year. But I think that he's working better also because the offense looks competent as a whole underneath Tyrod Taylor. David Montgomery, he's a solid target, especially in half or non-PPR formats. Uh, He doesn't get that requisite uh, passing game usage that goes to Jameer Gibbs. But he does do enough where even in a PPR format, Getting, you know, 25 carries in a doggone game and usually falling in the end zone does still make you an RB2. Think of him as uh, Nick Chubb light, very light. Tony Pollard's up next. Now, if you have Tony Pollard and I actually do have him in the league, I'm looking to trade Tony Pollard now. Here's my whole thing. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to trade for Derrick Henry. What I do think they're going to do is they're going to start to use Tony Pollard in different ways. If you are able to do what I said earlier, which is Probably a taller task, but Bryce uh, Hall is, Brees Hall, excuse me, Bryce Hall is the cornerback. Brees Hall, he's the target that you want. Not only is the schedule favorable, he's finally gotten scaled up and he looks really good running this rock. So you don't want to just go get Tony Pollard away for a bag of chips, but if you're able to, to trade him effectively away, I would go ahead and do that. All right, DeAndre Swift is up next. DeAndre Swift is just a damn good football player, and he's getting the the touches. Um, sometimes it's philosophy thing. Sometimes it's the you don't you're, you're not my guy thing. Uh, I've had this conversation with some of the guys over at Football Game Plan, and it's basically, you know, well, Dan Campbell didn't use uh, DeAndre Swift uh, enough. I agree, he didn't. Sometimes a relationship is bad, and it doesn't dictate things in a manner that you wanted to. Case in point, yes, Jameer Gibbs should be getting more touches. Jameer Gibbs is the more talented running back than David Montgomery. Maybe just maybe there's a plan of action for Jameer Gibbs that just because it doesn't placate or satisfy me or other people doesn't mean that it's wrong. Now, it did look great last week when they got destroyed, but up until that point, it seemed to have worked. So, anywho, Isaiah Pacheco is another great uh, candidate for which to trade. He's being utilized in the past game, um, not as often as some other guys, but he's being utilized in the past game. He's getting at least in most games, he's getting double digit uh, carries in every game. So he's getting 15 plus touches in virtually every game. And he's on a high scoring offense that they're not doing as many cute things near the goal line as they were in the past. So he might end up falling in the end zone six or seven more times this year. Uh, from the backfield, which is high quality considering where we are in the season. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the PPR format. He's less uh, of a of a valuable piece, but in a non PPR format, I actually trade off Derrick Henry to go and see what you can get. Um, 
they're using Tajay Spears, uh, Spears uh, quite a bit. Uh, they're also just... Derrick Henry has to break one long one. Uh, it's not like he's... If you watch the games, he doesn't look like the same guy anymore. He looks like a guy who's superhuman once he gets going and rolling. But there are moments and instances... I'll give you a, a, I'll give you a case here. Against the Ravens over in London, Derrick Henry got a play where they did the Wildcat and he ended up getting there and, and getting off of the off tackle and he ended up getting up the field. That's a touchdown with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry didn't get in the end zone until later that drive because Derrick Henry didn't hit that fifth gear. He got stuck in fourth. So he's still a hell of a player, but if you're able to move off of Derrick Henry, I would implore you to do that because by season's end, I don't think it's going to look well enough. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler might just be, well, number one, I didn't get the whole chatter of Austin Eckler being thought of as a number one, the number one pick because everyone complained about the thing that was making him a number one pick. Like these, these things go hand in hand. Joe Lombardi is not letting uh, Justin Herbert throw the ball down the field. So Justin Herbert is being conservative and dumping it down to Austin Eckler. Okay. We bring in Kellen Moore who doesn't do that. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think he was going to get more or the same amount of receptions? No, he was going to get half as many, even if he wasn't injured. Because that's not Kellen Moore's game plan or design. So, Eckler, you're not going to be able to do much with. You need him to have a big game. If he does have a big game, see what you can do. Um, you you might be able to go make a move and get like a Jameer Gibbs and a James Cook. And the reason that I like that combination of guys that you might be able to get for like an Austin Eckler is because they're both younger. They're both in high-scoring offenses. Jameer Gibbs is immensely talented. He's more talented than either of those guys. But I think there's a chance that by season's end especially, both of those guys could end up being not only the RB1 on their team, but be RB1s overall in scoring on a weekly basis. Jerome Ford's next. Um, Ford's has done a really good job, but I just don't feel good about that whole setup and situation. Um, once he's healthy, I would say try to move off of him for another piece. Um, you're not going to get this guy, but B. John Robinson. You're hoping that B. John Robinson, someone in your league is frustrated or has a losing record or something like that, uh, that you're able to move on to him for. Now, let's see. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is getting the the requisite touches, but he's just not being able to produce because they're just not good as a team right now. Uh, just not good at all. Uh, then there's Jameer Gibbs. We just discussed Brian Robinson, Jr. Brees Hall, James Cook, Aaron Jones. I don't want nothing to do with the Aaron Jones business. Here's where I do think that you got some, some interestingness that could come up. Uh, there's Jonathan Taylor, but did everyone forget James Conner was good? See if you are able to make a move for James Conner. I think that that would be a good one to make as, you know, a low in RB2, kind of a flex guy. If there's someone who you could trade to to really get on for James Conner, that's what I would do. All right, so we're going to move on to the wide receiver position. And the wide receiver has gone pretty much the way you expect it to go. Um, to be honest, it's just, just been a... The, those those top guys are the top guys. Uh, Tyree Kill's number one. Stephon Diggs. Keenan Allen has actually come to life this year. 
and would probably be wide receiver one or at least wide receiver two for sure if you know Justin Herbert just could hit him uh Justin Jefferson per game basis is still doing his thing uh, to the point where it's insanity what Justin Herbert uh, Justin Jefferson was doing at the start of the season AJ Brown balling out Adam Thielen we still discussed this coming out of that bye this is when you want to strike if you're able to flip that guy for someone of higher relevance a Devontae Adams let's say a guy who you could definitely get is Garrett Wilson so go after that Puka Nakua is not Puka Nakua is not going away he's the new Robert Woods remember he and Cooper Cup used to always be you know wide receiver twos uh, low end wide receiver twos and and high and flex guys until the injury happened and then it opened up for Cooper Cup to lose his mind Jamar Chase again trade target I don't think that there's anyone on the planet who's paying attention who would trade Jamar Chase for Adam Thielen in a piece but put some of those offers out there just to see you know try to make them kind of reasonable but just gauge where people are always include in the text I'll work with you I just don't know what you're looking for uh, Amara St. Brown DJ Moore Cooper Cup Jacoby Myers Jacoby Myers is probably the safest bet this year for a guy who probably went not only at the end of the drafts, but probably undrafted in a lot of instances. I picked him up in a couple of leagues um, just because of what he was able to do. And he should be considered more by people. I don't understand why there's so many people who look and they say, well, he's not this, that, or the other. It wasn't like he had one big game. He's been doing this consistently each week. Nico Collins, looking like a real deal receiver. Mike Evans. Uh, then Mike Williams, who's out for the rest of the season. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, kind of a stop here. Again, Tay Adams, one of two things is happening. I don't think he's getting traded. I think he should be traded, but I don't think he's getting traded because all the trade targets that make sense, none of them can take him on. Kansas City is not going to be able to get Devontae Adams from doggone uh, Las Vegas. Zero percent. They could send three first-round picks. They're not going to get him. Uh, they, they're just, No. But any other entities, they have receivers or the quarterback struggling. So why bring in receivers? Devontae is going to be stuck where he's stuck. And the only thing you can hope for is that he gets so loud and Jimmy Garoppolo's back is so bad where they just start throwing balls towards him all the time with Aiden O'Connell because Brian Hoyer should never be the backup again unless in game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who has a rapport with, uh, with Brock Purdy. Uh, George Pickens, Jordan Addison, interesting one. I've said this and I mean it. Um, there's like only a handful of teams that have number two number one receivers. Uh, some people say at Cincinnati, I actually don't think that's true. I think T. Higgins is a really high-end number two receiver because the way he runs routes doesn't dictate it. And when you don't run really high-level routes, um, but you make spectacular catches. You have to be the DeAndre Hopkins level spectacular, who honestly did run better routes than T. Higgins. Um, but I think Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson are two actual number one receivers. Jordan Addison just has a smaller body, but we've seen that you can be a guy with a smaller body but still get the job done. Case in point, Antonio Brown. You have high level route running. Um, so, just Jordan Addison is a guy who I would 
look as a trade target. I don't think you're going to be able to get him right now for much of anything. Uh, it, it will take a lot. I'll put it like that because he's on people's radar already. But a couple of guys. Um, so there's Michael Pittman Jr., C.D. Lamb, Christian Kirk, D.K. Metcalf, and then Garrett Wilson. Here's some guys who I think should be looked for in trades that you can possibly get. I would actually wait for Chris Olave to get some sort of punishment from the team. I don't think it's going to happen this week. I think next week, uh, maybe the league hands him down something or the team hands him down something for the arrest that occurred. That's when I would trade for Chris Olave because I think they'll get things on track in New Orleans. Zay Flowers, the things are only going to trend up, I believe, for Zay Flowers. Uh, Another guy to trade for that doesn't seem to make sense, except I think it makes a lot of sense, is... Excuse me. Devonta Smith. You know, certain people work certain ways, and A.J. Brown's more boisterous in how he's willing to say something or demonstrative. And I think that's why, you know, Squeaky Wheel got the grease. That being said, Devonta Smith's probably working behind the scenes like, yeah, you know, I'd like to get a few more passes. And I think they'll work that out for him. We're going to move on to the tight ends. Now, this one's a little different, a little easier to work with from the perspective that these guys are all pretty straightforward. And you have some situations that work like this. All right, so Travis Kelsey's number one. Nothing's happening there. Same thing with Mark Andrews. Also, TJ Hawkinson. But when you get to tight end number four on a points per game basis, it's Sam Laporta. I have a situation just like this because tight end five is Darren Waller. Darren Waller finally had a good game, and he's had back-to-back good games with Tyrod Taylor because it's easy to see the talent with him, and all you have to do is play competent quarterback in the structure of the offense, and you'll get things done. You can have situations where you have a drafted Darren Waller and you picked up Sam Laporta, or you have a drafted TJ Hawkinson and you picked up Sam Laporta. I would be looking to move Sam Laporta at some point. Not because he's not good, but let's see what you can get. You can package a San Laporta with, uh, let's say, a, an RB, uh, a, a Zach Moss or something like that. I'm trying to think of where you could go. But you can upgrade as long as you package San Laporta with a wide receiver and you can upgrade that your wide receiver. Or you package him with, uh, you know, running back two or three. Maybe you can get uh, a quality guy. In fact... Hell, just thinking of it, if you have Sam Laporta and a guy like Tony Pollard, you may be able to go after and get an upgrade to a guy like a B. John Robinson. And that doesn't sound like an upgrade in the short run, but it really could be a huge one. Or you can get Brees Hall and another usable piece at the running back position. Um, Trying to think of who that could be. Hell, yeah, you can get Brees Hall and uh, James Conner for a guy like uh, Sam Laporta and uh, Tony Pollard. And then you go down. Evan Ingram has been solid so far this year. Dallas Scott is starting to come on a little bit. George Kittle, you know what you're going to have with him. That's the roller coaster ride. Dalton Schultz, they're finally starting to find that tight end. Um, and then the last one of relevance is Cole Komet. Uh, Kyle Pitts is starting to look better as well. You may look to trade for him if you'd like, but I don't know if anyone's going to trade him. It's always the question of talent. 
and he has it in spades just the fact that he hasn't had the production and then defense and special teams you have to always look at the schedule that is coming down the pike so you look to mix and match defenses as well everyone says carry one defense I think you're starting to find out that defenses are more impactful sometimes than some other positions Um, obviously running back is more scarce than others but I would say that defense especially in certain league types becomes more important case in point Dallas still has the best points per game defense Um, than the Ravens then number three is the Browns. I have a league where we have some restrictions. It's an acquisition restriction where I have the Cowboys and the Browns. Their schedules line up nicely where, you know, the Browns or the Cowboys are playing, you know, kind of a down unit in a week when the other is playing a really good unit. So look to mix and match them or look for the ones with the easy stretch uh, at the very end. Uh, the Jets is, is a high level one to target as far as a defense that's going to have an easier schedule than they had to start the season. Uh, Also look for a team like the Steelers, who their defense is far from from incompetent. They'll they'll have a good stretch as well. Or the Jaguars, who've been playing really good football. So that's what you want to do with defense. Uh, Especially, don't let go of a defense that has a great playoff schedule. And it doesn't mean that, oh my goodness, you know, the name value itself is what it is. It's they're going to be playing teams that have through the first seven weeks or so of the season not looked the part or have major injuries that are affecting them. Case in point, the Jets offense. So that's what you want to look for when looking for a defense special teams. All right, folks. So that's going to be the end of this show. Not as structured as I wanted to be. I wanted to be a little different. This upcoming Fantasy Football Friday, we'll get back to the regular slate of rankings. I'll assure you of that. And that way we can have a more normal discussion on this piece. I'll also be doing a few things in the future where I'll have some people as guests on the show. So that's another thing. So for the Chopping Up with CJ podcast, episode seven of Fantasy Football Friday is here in season three of the Chopping Up with CJ podcast. This is Chris James signing off. Enjoy the rest of your day and always give yourself a little bit of grace as well as others. Take care. Bye bye.